Hello, my name is Michael Garrick, and this is Popping Culture Movie Reviews. My guest today is Ashley Braswell, very funny comedian. If she's in your city, please, please go see her. Uh, thank you for coming on the movie review. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited. Oh, yeah. We're about to review Reservoir Dogs. Um, Ashley chose the movie. This will be 100% spoiler review. But before we spoil the movie, Ashley, do you believe they should watch it? Yes, absolutely. It is a fantastic movie. Yes, I completely agree, guys. Uh, matter of fact, we're serious. Like, you should definitely like stop and watch the movie first. Like, do not. We don't want to spoil this for you. This is an experience. If you have not seen it, you know, come back and watch it later. Come back and watch the movie review later. You do not want this movie spoiled. Um, everything past this part is one hundred percent spoilers. <laughs> All right. Yes. Uh, Ashley, thank you for choosing this movie. I've been wanting to talk about this movie for so long. Um, Reservoir Dogs is 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 a groundbreaking film. Like it's mm-hmm. it uh, it starts off um, one of the I think one of the best opening scenes. I watched the movie uh, earlier today. When's the last time you've seen it? Earlier today, I rewatched nice. it. Nice, me too. And the movie starts off. Um, I'm not gonna lie, I'm not here to nitpick because I love this film. But not gonna lie. As I watched that first that opening scene, I was like, "These guys look like they're about to commit a crime." Like I, absolutely, it was so not subtle. No, I was just like, and then you got the guy in the fleece, the the whatever the whatever windbreaker, yeah, windbreaker on. jacket, the blue and purple. Yeah, and I, I was just like, this looks like uh, they're meeting up to do something horrible. If I was to eat my my brunch or breakfast next to these guys, I would definitely be like, "We leave after they leave." Yeah, I would be like, we need to call the police and give them a tip and see if we can get something from that because something is going down at that table. Yes, yes. Um, but like we spoke about earlier, um, the dialogue in this opening scene, I feel like it foreshadows or tells you, because I feel like this is a character-based movie. This movie is based on caring about the characters and then they'll slowly ease you into the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, how much did you get from the characters from the opening dialogue? I got so much from the characters from the opening dialogue. Like it starts out with Quentin Tarantino, who is Mr. Brown. Um, He is talking about the Madonna song, Like a Virgin. I believe it's Madonna who sang that song, right? It is. Yeah. Um, He's talking about how it's just a metaphor for big dicks and how like she has like had sex with so many people that she's met this new guy and it's made her feel like she's a virgin and he just keeps like harping on it and people are trying to talk over him at the table and he's just like listen to me listen to me listen to me and it just made me feel like he's like the character that needs to be listened to he's the character that needs to be right he needs to be heard and then Steve Buscemi's character Mr. Pink not tipping at the table like they have like a six minute conversation just about the fact that he would not tip and then they started talking about how the restaurant industry is hard and how it's really fucked up that he is not going to tip when so many people nowadays, it used to be mainly just women who were waitresses and stuff, how it was mainly just how they made their living for uncollege educated women. And it just told me a lot about how he is like selfish and he doesn't really care about the common man. He just wants to care about himself and keeping his money. And he has his set views. And the only reason he tipped was because their boss, Joe, was like, you need to tip. I bought your breakfast. Like, you are going to leave money because you haven't paid for anything. 
like you can leave a dollar for this one person it just kind of shows you like so much about their characters and it showed me a lot um for Mr. White whenever he started arguing with Mr. Pink about him not tipping and how he stands up for people who don't really have a voice and he that's what he did the whole movie he was just like standing up for the other characters after you know the stuff happened with Mr. Orange and it was just really cool to me to see like little bits and pieces of their characters just in like the first 10 minutes of the movie at the diner yes now remember this is his first big film uh he finally got a movie it's 1992 it's Quentin Tarantino's first like first big film and what does Quentin Tarantino open the movie talking about dicks yeah <laughs> Madonna <laughs> Madonna is a is the songs like like a virgin is about her taking big dicks because it's so big she feels like a virgin all over again. That's his opening dialogue. This is his big shot, and that's how he starts the movie. And I, yep. after rewatching it today, I was just like, "Yo, like this this is really how he started. Like this is his career. Like this is the opening shot. This is, I, and it worked for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I uh, loved it." Yes. Fun fact. Um, true story. Really, really is a fun fact, guys. Uh, she, Madonna, um, sent him a letter after the movie became successful and said that the song is about love, asshole. Oh, please. It is so not. After watching Reservoir Dogs, I was like, that is so a metaphor for big dicks. Like, and after I listened to the song, I was like, this is a metaphor for big dicks. Like, I heard nothing else after that. And man, she's a chill because that probably made her song a little bit more popular. Probably so. Probably. I know. I listened to it after I watched the movie. Nice. Um, And then, like I said, everything you said, I agree with. Uh, They leave out the diner. And Looking at it today, do you think the music goes with that scene of them walking to the car? Um, I kind of think it does. I think he probably could have chosen another song or whatever, but I really liked the song that he chose as they were walking out because it's like, what's going to happen next? Like, you really don't know. It's kind of like ambiguous music. And I, I really liked it because the next scene, it's like yeah. everything has changed and it's like everything is over and you're like, what has just happened? Everything went wrong and you didn't even get to see any of it. Yes, yes. it's definitely a oh shit, shit. Like shit just got real. Uh, the next scene where you see Tim Roth's characters like bleeding. Yeah. And you don't see if he got shot from the robbery or you find out later on why he really got shot. Um, him, because uh, Tim Roth's character is Mr. White. Not Mr. White. No, Mr. Uh, Mr. Orange. Mr. Tim Orange. Roth is Mr. Orange. Yeah, I got yeah. confused with that one too. I had to look that one up. I was like, because he they don't really say his name hardly at all in the movie. So I was like, I, he's Mr. Orange, right? So I had to Google it. Yes, and the person that's trying to really, his buddy that's trying to help him, the older man, he is Mr. White. He's Mr. Yeah, White. He's Mr. White. And uh, just to see their bond in the movie, it did it come out of left field with you or did you did you kind of see it earlier? Um, I, I mean, they were sitting together in the diner, but I think their bond, as you watch the movie, you see that they were kind of close and they would kind of talk, but right at the beginning of the movie, when you just see them bonding right now, I feel like it mainly looks like somebody comforting somebody who just got shot. And it's like, you care about him because you know him and you work with him, but he's mainly caring for him and being so comforting and scared and like defensive for him to like try and take him to the hospital later on the movie is because like he watched him get shot. And he says later that it was like kind of his fault that he got shot. 
So it, it just looks like somebody who's like being thrust into this horrible position and is just trying to help this person however they can when they know that they're watching somebody die. Yeah. Yes. Um, and then, you know, you bring them into their uh, abandoned car shop, workshop, whatever mm-hmm. that is. Exactly. Yeah. And this is to me where like the, it shows how good of a writer Quentin was to me. And he is, is because the most of the movie is in that one location. Yeah, this one like abandoned warehouse where like there's nothing to look at except the people in the movie. Yes, yes. And then see uh Bochetti's uh man, wow, I should have let me I got the cash list right here. Bochetti plays Mr. Pink. Mm-hmm. Mr. Pink is has the most uh besides not tipping people, which is horrible, but besides that, he is the most like smartest like smartest person in the room in my opinion like everything he's saying is just makes sense like from he dished the diamonds uh where he could find them to like we if somebody definitely told on us that they knew he just feels like the smartest guy in the room in my opinion in this movie yeah and it's not even like earlier when i said it was selfish that was mainly about the tipping thing but it was like he has a lot of self-preservation that's more what i wanted to say And it was so obvious the whole time when he was trying to argue, like, we need to get out of here. I'm going to lay low for a few days. Like, and whenever Mr. White told uh, Steve Buscemi that he had told Mr. Orange, the guy who got shot, he told him his name. He was like, why the fuck would you tell him his name? Like, he might not die. And now he has your name. And if you take him to a hospital and they're like, you either go to jail forever or you tell us this guy's name. Now he has your name. It's like, he might be dying right now, but you need to like use your brain and not send yourself to jail at a later time. And I really like that he was so smart about it and so realistic in a realistic setting. And it was just so cool to like watch him because it's like, okay, well, if anybody is going to like make it out of this, it's going to be Mr. Pink. Yes. And I love the fact when he was just like, I ain't telling none of y'all my name. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's like nobody in this room would know my name. And I thought that was uh, very smart of him. And just the banter they had in the bathroom was really clear cut like okay we can see the two different mindsets people are having um did this movie ever seem like it got it it kind of got slow to you um maybe yes and no like it seemed like it got a little slow when they like repeated an argument like whenever um mr blonde came in while they were arguing about what to do about mr orange and taking him to the hospital or not And then when Eddie, the son of Joe, the main guy, whenever he comes in, they start arguing about what they're going to do. That didn't get slow to me, but it was like a repetitive argument. So I think that might have been like a little bit of a filler conversation. But otherwise, no, like everything happened exactly how you think it would if something like that really did happen. And it was so quick. Like, it's honestly one of his shortest movies. Like, it's not even two hours long. It might be his shortest movie, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, I love that every flashback furthers the plot. There's no mm-hmm. flashback that doesn't make sense or shouldn't be there. Even when Steve Buscemi uh, has to explain like how you got away from the cops, that's a great angle when they went flashbacks. Uh, when they show how Tim Roth got shot, that was a great flashback. Yeah, they, that one was the best. Yes, yeah. Those were just grade A uh, flashbacks. And one of the biggest things that a lot of people, uh, when they make movies like this, they get wrong was, None of these people are portrayed as good guys. All of them. Even Tim Roth's character being a cop, you never get the idea that like, oh, this is a good person. 
Mm-mm. He, he seems like kind of an asshole like throughout the whole thing like like not totally an asshole but kind of an asshole like I wouldn't think of him as like a nice guy especially when later on you know he like kind of saves that guy and he's like I you know can I go ahead and like spoil it a little yeah no it's 100% spoiler yeah whenever he says um because at the end whenever Mr. Blonde is gonna like gas that cop that they capture and Mr. Orange like wakes up Tim Roth wakes up and he shoots Mr. Blonde and he's like I'm a cop don't worry about it the cop who was about to get killed he's like I know we met months ago and it's like he didn't even remember him so it's like he's so wrapped up in himself and his own career and his own thing that he can't notice like a person who just saved him from being exposed like he knew who he was the whole time and didn't say anything and got tortured and just didn't say anything even though he knew that he was the undercover cop and he was the reason why their heist got messed up and he still didn't say anything even while he was being tortured and got the shit beat out of him and he just had no regard for it at all yes uh mr blonde's introduced as someone that just did i want to say four years in prison Mm -hmm. um that you know that turn where you realize mr blonde is uh is a psycho that just he literally just got out of prison like this like you know and it just shows that you know it it was the turn that like i didn't you i didn't in my opinion i don't believe they forced he really foreshadowed it until it happened and then it was just like this guy loves chaos and like this is you know and he yeah I, and the one thing I like about that scene was he didn't show him cutting his arm off, but he showed him getting shot, which it really shows that 20% of what he leaves to the imagination and then what he does show in his films. Yeah, yeah. Like whenever they did the flashback scene of him like getting back in the gang or whatever, he just seemed really calm. Like he seemed like he just wanted to get back to work. Like there was, he seemed kind of, I wouldn't say creepy, but he seemed like suspicious almost just because he was so calm and he was so capable of doing these horrible things, but it totally did not foreshadow him killing innocent people and then torturing that guy by playing the song stuck in the middle with you and then cutting off his ear. But yeah, I did like that. They didn't show that, but they did have the camera rolling in real time while the guy was screaming. And then they like pan back to him. It's like, Oh, his, his ear is gone. He has no ear. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, like I said, it's just, uh incredibly done um like i said not everybody survives from the diner of course a few characters do get killed off uh what is robbing the bank uh is there any one of those characters you wish had survived to the later movie i mean later end of the movie Mm, i i kind of wish that quentin tarantino's character mr brown had lived a little bit longer but i mean he obviously had to die so that quentin tarantino could direct the movie but you really didn't see enough of like Mr. Blue to really even miss him. So honestly, no, I think they kept the right actors alive to play their characters. But I, I wish we could have seen a little bit more of Tim Roth, but I, we saw a lot of him in the flashback scene. And at the end, it was really cool to see him like wake up. Yes. Uh, to see his training as a cop, uh, did, you, did you feel like they, that was, those scenes were needed? 
Yes, because when you, whenever anybody thinks about like an undercover cop doing anything, it's like, how do you lie to these strangers to convince them that you are actually a criminal as well? Or how do you like infiltrate this group of people and they don't know anything about you and you don't have any shared memories with them because you're not actually a criminal, like you're a police officer like you have all these memories of police training, this, that, and whatever. So whenever you're in the hot seat and they're asking you about one of your memories or a story of you being a criminal, what are you supposed to say? So watching him teach him um watching one of his like superiors in the police academy trying to tell him that he needed to come up with a story and he needed to come up with a character that was really believable it was really cool to see that process because that might be how it is in real life and it was also cool to see it at the diner whenever he was learning how to say the story and then hearing him say it later in the movie and they're all like eating it up and they all believe everything so i really like that part i thought it was necessary me too i thought that was just a well done scene the way it circled back it was mm-hmm. i mean it was kind of funny just the way it was portrayed but like i was well done in my opinion also mm-hmm. um if if you had to say okay this is the bad guy who is the bad guy of the film mm-hmm. i don't Truly, I have no idea. There's so many, like, Mr. Blonde is a really screwed up character, but he's not necessarily the bad guy. You know what I mean? Like, he is a terrible guy and a terrible, you know, character in person, but I wouldn't say that he's the bad guy. I I guess it's, like, whatever perspective you take on it. Like, Mr. Orange could technically be the bad guy because he's, like, the biggest liar out of all of them, even though he's just an undercover cop. But, I mean, he messed up their whole heist and everything. But then also maybe Joe, the main boss, because he put this band of people together who were not going to succeed together. Like when Mr. Blonde started ruining everything, it's like, why did you put Mr. Blonde in the crew if you knew that he was this psychopath who was going to start trying to like kill random people just for no reason? Like the heist was going to get messed up regardless. But also his son, Eddie, was kind of a fucked up character, too. He just seemed like a spoiled brat, like young son. So I would say it's. It's between about three characters for me, Joe the boss, Mr. Orange for being a liar, and Mr. Bond for being a psychopath. But in total, I don't really think there's like a bad guy in this story. I think they're all kind of bad in their own right. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I was just like, these are just criminals being criminals. Like that's mm-hmm. really that was really it. Uh the end of the movie with the, the standoff. Yeah. Uh I I forgot about the standoff until I saw it today and I was like, mm-hmm. that was it was it was short and i love that part of the standoff you can watch some movies and they make a standoff drag for like 20 minutes yeah this was just like all right it was filmed and it was like we do not need this to be long standoffs aren't long and i thought that's what made that so much better yeah i like that too because like in real life they're they're not going to stand there pointing guns at each other for like half an hour like that's just not how it works like you have a gun pointed in your face you're probably going to die or you're gonna have to kill somebody in the next like 10 seconds so yeah at the end when it all ended so quickly and it was just so like not a happy ending not a bad ending just an ambiguous ending that was really cool yes yes and then you see mr pink steam bashami Mr. Pink, right? Mm-hmm. You see him just walk out, and I didn't, I didn't hear it. But like, apparently, uh, I was reading like the cops killed him, but I didn't hear any cops kill him. I, I 
was hope because whenever I was reading about it later too, and I was like, did did they actually get him, or were they just trying to imply that they were going to get him? In my mind, I just want to believe that he lived and he got away with the diamonds. That's yeah, all same I hope. Here. Same here. Um, when it comes to the music in this film, did you enjoy it? I did. I really did enjoy it. I enjoyed especially the song Stuck in the Middle with You. And I really liked whenever he was doing the torture scene and the song is playing and then he walks out to the car for a second, walks back in. And it's like you don't hear the song at all while he's walking to the car. And a lot of movies, they'll just keep playing the song. But Quentin Tarantino made it so realistic where it's like you can only hear the song in the warehouse because the speaker is in the warehouse. And then you come back in and it's at a totally different part of the song because the song continued to play while he wasn't in the warehouse. I really like the way he uses music to be realistic. And I really did enjoy the soundtrack for it. Yes. Uh, one thing I did, like when he referenced the radio DJ in the beginning of the film, and mm-hmm. then he actually uses the radio DJ to play another song. And I was like, that was a very clever touch. Um, we hit on the pacing and we both said we enjoyed it. Um, from uh, the ending, the way he, he wrapped everything up, um, after watching it one time, do you believe that this is a movie that could have had a sequel? Um. You know, a lot of people have the theory that Pulp Fiction is like not a sequel, but kind of like a reference to Reservoir Dogs. Truly, I don't think it could have a sequel and I don't think that it should. I mean, I'm I'm sure that it could have a sequel in some way, shape or form. But with what character? Just Mr. Pink maybe getting away or maybe getting shot by the cops. I like that it was just a standalone movie and that was it. I don't think it should have a sequel. I totally agree. Uh, One through ten, what would you give this movie? For me, it's a 10. I love this movie. Like, there's just nothing wrong with it to me. Like, you just, you focus so hard on the movie and you can't look away. Like, it's not a movie where you can, like, pull out your phone and start texting or whatever. Like, it's a movie that totally immerses you in the film and you just, you pay attention from start to finish and you just love it because it's so insane the whole time. It's just totally shocking and not something that anybody had seen before at the time that he had put it out. I completely agree. Uh, dumb question, but I got to ask. Uh, do you believe that this movie has become a part of pop culture? Absolutely. Absolutely. It started, I mean, it started Quentin Tarantino's career. Like it started the whole influence on pop culture and everything. It is super a big deal in pop culture. I have seen so many references from shirts to memes to uh, gifts to just talking with friends and they bring it up. So I, it definitely has influenced pop culture. Mm-hmm. um well thank you so much for coming on the movie review is there anything you like to say to your fans and please tell them where they can follow you uh my fan my mom watching thanks mom for watching um anybody else who's watching if you want to follow me or see any of my shows my instagram is ashhole ashley a-s-h-o-l-e-a-s-h-l-e-y my facebook is just ashley braswell and that's about it. Thank you so much for having me on the show, Michael. It was an honor. I've been super excited to be on it. It was an honor to have you on. Uh, thank you guys for watching and listening, and have an amazing day.